Is there more? Is there more? Okay. Hello. <laughs> All right, good. Here we go. Come on, Lisa. Let's get it going. All right. So we've been kind of covering the last couple episodes and we've gotten a lot of great feedback um, just about this idea of what are some of the mistakes leaders make that actually like create some of the drama in their organization. And these are mistakes that we have discovered over years. They're just, they're common. Mis- leaders across different organizations, different countries, they tend to be making these mistakes just because they're leaders working with people. Well, and Lisa, this kind of crosses even just not leaders, but it kind of crosses a lot of people. And we've seen that one of the fatal flaws is really this high need to be liked. It's like they have this high need that I don't want you to not like me. Absolutely. And this can be driven. Okay. So we work with a lot of entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs tend to have this want to be liked. They just, it's just something about that very driven personality. Um, Also, uh, this can tend to be with people maybe that are a little bit insecure um, that they, they want to be liked because they're just not secure in who they are and their uniqueness, both their strengths and their weaknesses. Well, and it can, it can not just be entrepreneurs, Lisa. So last week I was working with a fairly large, well-known organization. And if I say the name, people might kind of know who they are. Um, but I was talking to one of the members of the C-suite and we were just talking about the organization. And she mentioned how the brand new CEO would come in and say, Hey, how am I doing? Hey, hmm. you know, am I doing well? Am I doing good? And I said, well, I said, was he really wanting feedback or was he just wanting to, just wanting affirmation? And she said, oh my gosh, that's all he wants is affirmation. I can't tell him the truth. Hmm. And I thought, wow, he has such a need to be liked that he's really trying to get that from his team. And honestly, if you're leading people and you're driven by that, it's very hard for you to make the best decisions. It is very hard because if you make a decision that you think people will not like, then they will not like you. And so just kind of working through some of these insecurities, because I know in the beginning, Lisa, I, I was really full of these. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember my, my first job and being at the job and just driven by a lot of fear. Absolutely. Just about what different people in the organization thought. And we were part of a nonprofit group. So one of the, some of the members of the organization organization thought, and I didn't really make the best decisions. Right. And I probably didn't always make the right decisions. Because, because you made them out of fear of what they were going to say and think about yeah, and you. Then, and then it gets even worse is because we don't feel like we have really control to make the best decisions. That's where people, you know, self-medicate. Yes. Right. Maybe, maybe drugs, alcohol, all these different forms of escapism. Food. Food, right, because they have this high need to be liked. And really dealing with that is really a great measure of a great leader because I, I think a little bit just because of, you know, where people come from, we have these insecurities. They're, they're real. Mm-hmm. And it's part of what makes us human. It does, right? We're, we're all humans. And I've realized that the more comfortable I get with Dennis, mm-hmm. the more successful I am. Yes. Right, and even getting very comfortable with, like, my shortcomings. Yes. Right. Hey, I, you know, and even just being transparent and open, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm not necessarily real good at that. And then creating systems around it. And it's okay that I'm not good at it. Yeah, well, well, I know it. I'm aware of it. And that's why I want to create systems or bring people around me 
that are strong in those areas that I'm not good at and letting them flourish because they're flourishing in an area that I cannot. And, and you're never going to be able to do that unless you're honest with your shortcomings. Mm-hmm. And to be that, you're going to have to get over this fear of being liked because some people won't like your shortcomings. You know, some people just are not going to like you. They're not going to like the shirt that you wear, your choice of food, the way you do your hair. They might not like your choice of vocabulary. It may be too intellectual or not intellectual enough. And you know what? That's okay. Because we're all different. Yeah. Well, even the fact that Lisa, think about this is like when you're really aware of your differences and you don't really have this tiny to be like, then you can start to put systems around you that will kind of make up or put people around you that will like make up for these shortcomings. For example, I but I had a call this morning. You don't know this. I had a call this morning. It was fascinating. You find this comment fascinating. He said, Dennis, he said, you're always on time for our calls. You're never late. Hmm. So... <laughs> Well, that was really affirming. Yeah. You're like, well, who is this person? Right. Because you think about the dentist 20 years ago. Yes. I I would lose my car keys and miss an event. I I missed a speaking event one time because I couldn't find our car keys. And because didn't put them where they belonged. Now, this was what, 25 years ago, maybe. Right. Right. But so you think about this person, but it, I will. And I was honest with him. And I told him, I said, you know, I said, I said, it's not because I'm real gifted in that area, but I have just learned to live by the calendar. Hmm. And if it pops up and alerts me on the calendar, then, then I'm going to just honor that. Absolutely. I'm gifted. And in fact, Lisa, I didn't even put that on my calendar, right? I had a team member put that call on my calendar and I just knew it's on the calendar. I'm going to do it. But if you have this high need to be liked and you're trying to become all things to all people, and I can, it, it's almost like the salesperson. We were talking to our, our sales and marketing director, and, and I told her, I said, Listen, I said, I know you're disorganized. It's okay. It's a, we just got to create a system. We got to create a process around you. I said, Because here's the deal. I said, If you were really organized, you wouldn't be a good salesperson. Right. I've never met, and sometimes when we're interviewing people, even like, if I talk to a salesperson, they tell me how organized and how detail-oriented they are. In the back of my head, I always wonder, how good are they at sales? They would have to be a pretty exceptional human because typically people that are so good with interacting with others and then just can really connect, they aren't naturally an organized individual. Yeah, so you can't really like have this need to be liked and then deal with you like your weaknesses. Yeah. And so really, I think that's maybe a key thing. So here's a great thought, Lisa. And I didn't do so well in the early part of my career, but this whole idea of, you know, you can't allow people to run space inside of your brain. Absolutely. Right. It's like, how many times do, you know, we give attention and thought to like, oh my gosh, I hope they're they think well of me, or I think, I hope they like me or and gosh, honestly, it doesn't really matter. Or how many times have you gotten an email that was less than stellar? Maybe they had a gripe and they let you know it. And how long do you let that email and that person and their expression live in your head? Yeah. It's always this idea of what you think about me is none of my business. And that's pretty hard though, when think about it, if you have a client that is paying you, then there's also a, a, a paycheck or a dollar sign kind of attached to their perception of you. And so that's when it gets tricky. It does. And in our, in our goal of just like, kind of like bringing this to the service and bringing this out to the light is let's not live in that emotional turmoil. 
Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, they live inside of this emotional turmoil. And then it's very difficult to settle the issue. So if you get an email from a client and they're unhappy about something and they're unhappy with you, and if you go straight into the emotional emotional turmoil of it, then you can't live in the objective space of sitting down with them and saying, okay, well... I understand that, you know, things aren't going the way you want. Let's let's work this through. Let's figure out how we can solve this. Because you want to be really careful that you're not driven by other people's expectations of you. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not now we're not saying like don't do what you promised and don't make agreements, but how many people they're just kind of driven by what other people think of them? And then they're really not free to live the life that they want or live the life that they were created to live because they're driven by all these outside expectations. And it gets even worse because sometimes people don't even communicate or that's not even a real expectation, but it's this story I have made up in my head. It's the expectation. Yes. Right. Expectation that lives in your head. And nobody even said that. Yeah. And how many times does that happen? Right. And then we're not free to live the life that we were mm-hmm. really meant to live. And so we want to be very careful that we're not driven because I think everybody likes to be liked. I mean, it's a fallacy. Like I like people to like me, right. but when I have this high need and I'm driven by it, then I don't make the best decisions. Right. And the best leaders really make the best decisions. So we want people to really take charge of their life, make these best decisions and live the life that you were uniquely designed to live. Right. So, so think about this. It's really hard to live your authentic self when you spend your time and your energy trying to create an image for other people. Hmm. Right. And in an image, many times it's not even real. I mean, I'd rather spend my energy creating the life that I want than trying to create the image that I think somebody else wants. Yes. And how many times does that happen? And, well, and most of the time, that image that you think somebody else wants isn't even accurate because you didn't truly ask them. And it's what you're perceiving they want, but it's never been communicated. Well, I, I've, I've seen that like in our marriage at times, right? I mean, how much drama is there in a marriage because one spouse has this expectation of another, but it's just a story this person has made up in their head. And it's not been an actual conversation that you've had. And so we just want to encourage you, like, listen, if that's you in, in your relationship with your spouse, have the conversation. Hey, are you thinking this? Hey, I just want to check in. Is, is this is this an expectation? Because I'm thinking you expect me this, right? If, for example, as I think in the beginning of our marriage, I mean, you know, I'm the man. And so I had this story that I just had to like, you know, be in charge of the finances. Yeah. Right. I had to know all the details. And because of how you were raised, your dad was really gifted at that. And he just kind of took that over. And it was part of what he was great at. We just, you know, but but it wasn't really even accurate. No, it wasn't accurate. And we didn't even realize that we truly needed to have a conversation about it. Sure, we had a conversation about our money and where things were going, what was happening, but we didn't know to have a conversation on a deeper level of how do I actually feel about doing this? And what do, what do I think you expect of me? And what do I expect of myself? Well, it, it, it just kind of a sidebar, note, so this is not the issue that we're covering in the podcast, but I'm just reminded like last week um, with our leadership roundtable, we had eight leaders together here that met us in Greenville, South Carolina. And one topic that kind of came up is this whole idea about conversations about money. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, your money is attached to your heart. Yes. Many times arguments with your spouse about money is not really even about the money. No, it's, it's typically some, not. It's typically some kind of underlying fear or expectation and how much drama 
is sort of created about this whole idea of money when, and then you're trying to solve a money issue, but it never really solves itself because that's not the real problem. Right. It's just sort of a symptom of an underlying problem. It's how we decide that we're going to address the problem. And it's not even the problem. It's just how it kind of comes out. We got to do another podcast on that. That's a good podcast. Quick sidebar. So, you know, we want to live our authentic selves. We want to spend our energy trying to create the life that we want. And then think about this, Lisa. Don't most messes in your life tend to when you're live, you're trying to live out somebody else's obligations and you're not really committed to it. Hmm. It's like when you're living in the shoulds. It yeah. shouldn't be this and it shouldn't be this. And we just shit all over ourselves. Yep, absolutely. We spend all this energy. And, and so many times, you know, whenever I feel the shoulds, it's typically I'm trying to live out somebody else's obligations that I really haven't made a commitment to. It's assuming that somebody else has expectations of you and maybe not even really having a conversation to find out if that's their expectation. Right. And I'm really driven by this need to be liked and accepted. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, it's a huge thing, about it, it's why people kind of shut away from like feedback. Yes. Right. Oh, I don't want you to give me feedback because anything like constructive about my hate behavior means you don't like me, hmm. means you don't approve of me. Mm-hmm. And I think that whole idea of approval is gigantic. And it means you don't value me as an individual and you don't appreciate how I'm different than you. And so I think as you continue to grow, I've discovered for me, and it kind of is the secret sauce for a lot of leaders that we work with, is that the more comfortable that I really get with me, the more successful I am. Because then I can walk in my strengths and just really revel in those strengths. Yeah. And then kind of like your life really becomes fun. It Mm -hmm. becomes more enjoyable. Absolutely. So I heard a speaker say one time, he said, hey, you were born original. Don't die a copy. Hmm. And when we're always trying to live our life, like driven by that need to be liked, we're really trying to copy somebody else. It's almost like we're trying to be somebody that we're really not even created to be. So celebrate your differences. We're wanting our lives to be like that, in, that perfect Instagram life or our business to be like that perfect Instagram business. Or... And I think it's even worse because then we start to measure our insides with other people's outsides, mm-hmm. right? They put these things on Instagram or on Facebook with so many filters and only the best day and the best situation. Like their life looks perfect. And, and then you look at your own life and look inside and go, well, but I'm not this and this and this. And, and then you start to like, and then it gets, and this is a totally different podcast. Then you get into self-hatred and self-loathing. Well, and then you get into depression, self-medicating and, Yes. Spiral goes down. So listen, we want to encourage you. Don't be driven by this high need to be like you were born an original. You were born different. Be be good to your mental health and realize that you are amazing and you are special and you have gifts just the way you are. You have weaknesses, and that's part of also what makes you unique. And that's also part of what makes you a gift to this world. Yeah. So what makes you an original? How are you original? Because we're all original right? How are you different? What makes you different? And then how are you unique? What makes you unique? Find those things. And I think like the joy of life is in celebrating that. Absolutely. That out, but you can't do that. If you've got this need to be liked, don't create an image, just, just be who you are. Be your authentic you, because if you're not you, the world misses out, hmm. right? We, we, we already have whatever name you want to put out there, right? We, you know, the world had one Michael Jackson, right? The world had one, whatever, 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you be you. Don't try to be somebody else just to be like. Go be you. Go be original. I love it. I love it. This is great, Lisa. So listen, we want to encourage you to give us a shout out on Instagram, on your favorite social, share the podcast. In, in anything that we can ever do to serve you and help you, that's exactly what we want to do because we want you to live your best life ever. Absolutely. Awesome. We'll see you next time. You're on the